Hey, before we get into God's word, and we're going to be in John chapter 10, so if you want to start turning there, if you take a long time to find things in your Bible, you got plenty of time to get there. But before we get into God's word together, I wanted to give you a building update. I've been having so many questions, especially now that these buildings are enclosed. We're kind of like, what is going on inside of the buildings? Like, where are we at? And so if you don't know anything that's going on, behind me uh, to the west, we're building a brand new worship center, and that will seat a little less than twice of what we get in here, um, and uh, they're, they're going to town over there. To the east, uh, we're building a new student center, and so there's classrooms in there. There's a large room that will be used by our elementary school kids on Sunday mornings, and our middle school and high school students will be in there on Tuesday nights, and uh, they have finished up the plumbing and the electric. It's all framed. Uh, tomorrow morning early is the electric inspection, and they're going to start drywalling in there tomorrow, so uh, lots going on over there, and then... Um, Behind me, they've got that pretty much framed, and the electrician, as soon as they get that inspection done, they'll be in there, and they're saying uh, uh, as soon as a week from now, they can start drywalling uh, in the worship center behind me. So things are going great, and thank you for your prayers for that. Wanted to also give you an update uh, regarding the finances of how things are going, and so I think I shared with you just once before that back in June or July, our general contractor had gotten all the bids in, and uh, we were about $270,000 over budget. And a lot of that had to do with COVID. If you've tried to build anything lately, you know that the prices and if you can even find the stuff, that's part of the challenge is even getting the materials itself. But, uh, you know, it's been a challenging season. But here's the thing. Uh, our board met and we decided to add another $100,000 to, to what we had said that we would build. But that still left us $170,000 that we had to cut. And so we just went through and just cut everything that was not essential. And one of the things that we cut, and if you were around for, our, for this building when we moved in, you'll know that it, it's kind of what we did in this building as well, is we cut most of the flooring. Uh, and so carpeting, um, the whole budget for that was a little over $36,000. And so what we did was we just kept $6,000 in play for some of the essential flooring, like our bathrooms. To meet code, you have to have flooring, and you guys know this kind of stuff. And so, so that left us, if you do the math, that left us with about $30,000 that we needed uh, to be able to do like carpeting in our worship center, carpeting uh, in, throughout the student center as well. That's a lot of money, right? I've got a praise report about three, four days ago. Um, we had an anonymous gift that's already been given of a little over $12,000. It's been given specifically to that. And so, man, that's pretty awesome, right? And so uh, that leaves us, yeah, that's awesome. That leaves us with about $18,000. Now, here's the great news about that is, uh, and I don't, I, I'm not trying to give political commentary to this, okay, at all, but whether you like it, whether you don't like it, uh, the, the, there was a stimulus package that was passed a couple days ago, and I actually had a guy come up to me, I kid you not, and he said, I'm sending the money back to the government. I said, well, you go with your bad self, but here's the thing, like... <laughs> It's not going to make a difference. Like, you can send the check back, but they're just going to spend it on something else. And so, so I said, I got an even better idea to stick it to the man, send it to the church, right? Like, I mean, if you really want to protest, you know, send them a note back. I didn't spend a cent of it. I sent it to my church, you know, or I don't know what you got to do with it. But, but with all seriousness, like, uh, you know, we we're talking about that if everybody who calls Journey Church their home church simply tied off of that stimulus check, we would have the money to be able to do the carpeting, and instead of having to move in, we, did you show the pictures already of when we moved in, you know, that we didn't have any of this carpeting? So, so I would just encourage you, just pray about it. I'm not going to twist your arm. This is no manipulation with this, but if, if, you, if you could do that, and I know for Carrie and I, like, the amount of money we're getting for our family of five is staggering. Like, it's crazy, and we're like 
absolutely, we're going to give, uh, a, you know, I, I'm not even going to tell you what we're giving. You don't need to know. All right. We're giving, we're giving more than 10% is what Carrie and I decided. So uh, if you would just think about that and pray about that, that would be awesome. Everybody cool with that? All right. You don't need to fill out a card. You don't need it. If when you if and when you do give it, just write carpet in the memo, and we'll know exactly what that means. It's not to carpet my house or anything. So. <laughs> We're not that kind of church. <laughs> would you Would you bow your heads one more time as we just thank the Lord for His presence, Father? We are so grateful for the name of Jesus. We're so grateful for the power and anointing and authority of Jesus in this room. And Father, as we look at your word together, we thank you that your word is already it's living. It's already active and sharper than the sharpest of swords. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, to use the word of God to penetrate our hearts today, to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, to train us in righteousness. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you've been around Journey, we're in a series called I Am Changes Who I Am. That's a mouthful. I Am Changes Who I Am. What in the world are we talking about? Well, way back in the beginning of the book of Exodus, when the children of Israel were literally still slaves in Egypt, God introduced himself to them, not as the God of Abraham or the God of Isaac or the God of Jacob. They wanted to know, who are you? What is your name? And so he introduced himself through Moses to the people of Israel simply as I Am. I am, not I will be, not I used to be, right now, right with what you're going through, I am who I am. And then, you know, 1,300 years later, Jesus steps onto the scene, and he starts filling in the blanks. I am who? Jesus starts telling us exactly who he is. In fact, in the Gospel of John, seven different times, in seven different ways, he introduces himself. And so if you were here uh, for the first week, uh, we'll put some pictures up here to help you out. The first week, we learned that I am the, the bread of life, right? Second week, we learned that I am the light of the world, right? Some of you are like, okay, that one was a little trickier. Okay, the third one, maybe this will be easy. I am the the gate, the door, depending on your translation, the gate or the door. And he, and he is all these things, right? He is the door, meaning that he is the way to the Father. Well, today we're going to look at the fourth I am statement. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. There's a lot of scripture. We're not going to put this all up on the screen. So I would encourage you to look this up in your own Bibles. John 10, beginning with verse 11. Jesus is speaking and he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold and I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Let's just pause there. Aren't we grateful for that? If you don't, you're going, sheep of another sheepfold? Like what in the world is he talking about? Well, he's speaking to Jewish people. That was, it, most, for the most part, Jesus' audience in the three years that he ministered, he was speaking to the people of Israel, the, the Jewish people. But he says there are other people that are going to be part of this sheepfold as well, people who are non-Jews, Gentiles, who are going to be added in. And man, I'm so grateful for that because I get to be a part of what God is doing as well. If you skip down to verse 24, Jesus is going to continue with this theme and, and going to instruct us regarding this. It starts out in verse 24, the people surrounded Jesus and asked, how long are you gonna keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. 
And Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. Here's this verse, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. I love this I am statement. Today we're talking about I am the good shepherd. Jesus is saying to us today, I am the good shepherd. Would you say that with me? I am the good shepherd. Now, I, I, when you look at this, if you haven't, you know, studied this before, maybe you're not, you know, familiar with the Bible, you go, I am the good shepherd? Like, good isn't, like, the greatest qualifier, is it? Like, good, like, why wouldn't he say, I am the greatest shepherd? Like, if I asked you, you went to a restaurant last night, you went to the garrison or something, I asked you, how was your meal? And you said, it was good. That does, that's not very, like, exciting, right? You're like, just good, you know, just, like, what does that mean? Like, what does good mean, right? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and we go, you're the good shepherd? But if you study this word, Greek, the Greek word for good, what you'll find is that it can also be translated, uh, it, it's, a, it's a moral equivalency word. It's, it can also be translated praiseworthy. He's saying, I am the praiseworthy shepherd. Well, why is he deserving of praise? Well, he tells us right there. He says, because I am not like the hired hands. I'm a good shepherd, like when the wolf comes or some kind of uh, coyote comes or cougar comes. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I got in trouble with that. I was thinking coyote, but I kept saying cougar. He goes, when, when the enemy comes, he goes, here's the thing. Like the hired hand, they're only working for the weekend, right? Now I get that song in your head if you're if you're old enough to remember. And he, they're only working for the weekend. They're just working for money. And so as soon as the enemy comes, they head for the hills. He goes, no, I am a praiseworthy shepherd. I lay down my life to protect my sheep. That's how much I love the sheep. Now, of course, he's not talking about animals. He's talking about us. He's saying, I love you so much. I am the praiseworthy. I am the good shepherd who will lay down his life. And weeks later, he literally does it. Weeks later, he is arrested, and he's put on trial, and within hours, he's convicted, and then he's within, I mean, not even, it happens so quickly that he's put on a cross, and he voluntarily, of his own volition, lays down his life to take upon himself the punishment that we deserve. He becomes the access point, the way to the Father that we talked about several weeks ago. So, so I am the good shepherd. How does that change who we are? How, how should we respond to this good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep? Well, Jesus tells us very plainly what our response is to be. We are to listen. We are to intentionally lean in and listen to the voice of the shepherd. Now, Jesus' example here you know, might not help us out. I don't know how many of you have spent time around sheep. I learned in the first service, a lady came up to me and said that her father had been a shepherd and, and she was telling me all these great things. I, I've never spent time around sheep other than like driving by like a flock of sheep and rolling down my window and going, hey sheep, you know, or something like that. Like I, I haven't spent time around them. I honestly don't know that I've ever driven by a flock of sheep and even seen like a human being out with them. So maybe there's like shepherds today like out with their sheep, but I've, I've never seen them. But back when Jesus was talking about this 2,000 years ago, like, like they knew this reality. This was, I mean, this was right at the forefront of their lives. They all had seen this happen. And one of the things we know is that sheep literally know the voice of their shepherd. 
There's this really cool thing that happened in history. A little over 100 years ago, during World War I, some Turkish uh, soldiers went in the hillsides right outside of the city of Jerusalem, and they literally stole a shepherd's flock of sheep. And they thought they were bad. I mean, they thought they were the stuff, right? And this poor, you know, individual shepherd, he couldn't put up a fight and he couldn't do anything against them. And so, like, you feel bad for this guy, but he was smart. The shepherd was smart. And once these Turkish soldiers had gone to sleep for the night, do you know what he started doing? He just started yelling to the sheep. And the sheep heard his voice and they got up and they followed him. And so I was Googling this and I was like, like, is there any examples of this? And I found a video, it was a long video, so we shortened it quite a bit. But what you're gonna see is three individuals, and you're gonna see just real quickly, just because we don't have time, real quickly them trying to call out to sheep and the sheep don't even pick up their heads. The sheep don't even like pay any attention. But then the last one is a shepherd and he is dressed really weird, looks like a Denver Broncos fan. You'll, you'll notice him when you see him. And he starts yelling out, he, you know, whatever. So he starts yelling out to the sheep, and you're going to see how they respond. So let's just watch this real quick. I thought this was pretty cool. So here's the first one trying to call out. And the sheep don't even lift their heads, right? Okay, here's our second candidate. Here's our third one. Now here's our shepherd. Now watch this. See them picking up their heads toward him? They're coming. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love that. Like, I was like, I've never seen anything like that in my life, right? I mean, they just come, they know his voice and they come running to him. Well, our memory verse today is John 10, 27. When you came in this morning, hopefully you got one of these cards that has the memory verse on it. Would you grab that real quick? Maybe, maybe you put it somewhere else. Go ahead and, and grab that. And I want us to, to read this out loud together. This is such a powerful verse. It's very small, very short. This is a doable verse to memorize, but man, there's so much packed into these words. So let's read this together from John 10, 27. It's up on the screen if you didn't get a card. Here we go. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Man, that was great. Well done. Hopefully online you're, you're reading with us with it up on the screen. Let's do it one more time online. Join us as well. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Man, that verse is so powerful. If we belong to Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, you need to intentionally listen to the voice of your shepherd. Now here's the promise. The promise is right in the middle. Think about this. Jesus, the son of God says, and I know them. When we, his followers, lean in and listen to his voice, Jesus says, I know you. I know you, Deb. I know you, Trent. I know you, Marie. Like, I, I, he, the God of the universe, he knows you, right? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. But what's part of listening? And they follow me. Like, I can't say I'm listening if I don't follow through, if I don't obey. It's like with my kids. You know, I'll say, hey, Kate, I need you to, to load the dishwasher. In 45 minutes, I walk by, and the sink's still full of dishes. And I go, Kate, weren't you listening? Oh, I was listening. No, you weren't. Like maybe you were hearing, 
but you weren't really listening. Listening implies obedience. It's not enough just to lean in and to intentionally listen. I've actually got to follow through and obey what the shepherd tells me to do. So here's my question for every follower of Jesus in this room, for every follower of Jesus watching online. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? This is vital. In fact, knowing the voice of your master is a matter of life and death in some situations. And this is a constant fight because I don't know about you guys, there's just so much noise in my life. There's so many distractions. There's so many bright, shiny objects that constantly want me to to move in that direction. And, And I find like the hymn writer that I am prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. God wants to speak to you. I know sometimes when you hear a pastor say that God wants to speak to you, maybe some of you, you, you would push back and you wouldn't do this outwardly with your physical posture, but, but inside you're thinking, well, I don't know that he really wants to speak to me. Like maybe, you know, I could see that maybe he wants to talk to Bob Chrisman. He's super spiritual, you know. He's got this cape, you know, tucked in to the back of it and I just messed up my microphone. You know, he's, he's got, he, but, but he doesn't want to talk to me. Yes, he does. If you're a follower of Jesus, you belong to him. You're a son or daughter of the most high God. Like he longs to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. Are you leaning in? Are you listening? Are you paying attention to his voice? Are you asking him to speak to you? I love what Jesus said to his followers. This is literally like the night that Jesus uh, is being arrested. He says this in John chapter 14, verse 25. He says, I'm telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. See, in this context, Jesus saying, listen, I'm going to go away. And they, they were so confused. They couldn't figure out where Jesus was going. But he says, here's the thing you need to know. I'm going away, and soon this will all make sense. But the Holy Spirit is going to continue to teach you. Jesus isn't here physically. Jesus is ascended and he is exalted at the right hand of the Father, but he is still speaking. And he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. And we need to lean in because he wants to instruct us and show us the way to go. Look at what Jesus said in John 16, verses 12 through 14. He says, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And can I tell you, this is exactly what happens in the Bible. After Jesus' death, after his ascension, we have a record of the first 30 years of the church. In fact, we, we have a collection of the actions of the first church, and we called it the book of Acts or the book of Actions. And as you read through the book of Acts, you will see over and over again people of God, followers of Jesus, who specifically heard the voice of the Spirit. I mean, they would say, oh, the Spirit told me to go to Galatia. Oh, the Spirit told me to go to Ephesus. Like, what is that? They were leaning in and they were just sensing the direction of God for them. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. So here's the million-dollar question. How Do we hear this? How does this work? How does God actually speak to us? Is there a formula that we need to be able to hear the voice of God? And I would give you just several thoughts that that have been valuable for me. Now, listen, there have been whole books written on how to hear the voice of God, and there's some really good ones, and I can point you in the direction of one later on if you want to talk to me. But here's a couple things that have stood out for me. Number one, God's voice sounds a lot like his word. 
God's voice, if you want to be able to hear the voice of God, follower of Jesus, you have got to read the Bible. And I know you hear that all the time. You, if you've grown up in church, I mean, how many sermons have you heard of a pastor saying, you need to read your Bible? But I'm here to say, you need to read your Bible. Like, you really do. Like, it is so important that you get the Word of God inside of you. Now, here's the thing. I'm not talking about reading chapters of the Bible every day. I mean, if that's your thing, that's awesome. But here, it's not about quantity as much as it is about quality. That you, you put aside the distractions. You turn some things off and just say, God, I want to hear from you. As I read your Word, would you cause me to be alert and open to what you have to say to me? And then just read. And read with a pencil or read with a highlighter and highlight the things that jump out at you and, and write those things down and pay attention to those things. Read those words out loud because here's, what, here's what's going on. You're putting it inside of you. Don't just read for information. Read for transformation. Say, God, I want to be changed. I want to be transformed as I read your word. And you will find that God will speak to you through his word. His voice sounds a lot like his word. Now, this isn't in your notes. If you're following along, there's notes uh, that we have on our website and on the Church Center app. But uh, one of the things I thought about is not only that, but God's voice often sounds like my wife. God will speak to you. Listen, God wants to speak to you through the people in your life who love you. If you're married, his voice might sound like your spouse. And it's so easy to dismiss them, and it's so easy to get defensive, but maybe you should lean into that voice. For, for our students in this room, elementary students, middle school, high school, college students, God's voice might sound like your parents. How much pain could we have saved? I mean, just in Dawson's room, if you would have listened to some of the things your parents told you, like, would it have saved you some pain? Oh, yes, right? You need to stay away from that guy. Man, if only you would have listened, right? If you're sitting next to him, just, you know, just keep, keep looking forward, right? But here, here's the main idea. God, God, God will speak. Listen to the people around you. Pay attention to the voices, especially the spiritually mature voices around you. Here, here's the second point. God speaks to you for a reason. When God speaks to you, he has a purpose, and he will speak to you about adjustments that you need to make in your life, adjustments that you need to make to your thinking. He will talk to you about giving of yourself to serve someone. Many of the times when God speaks to me, it's about doing something that is uncomfortable, that I don't want to do. It'll be, hey, you need to go talk to that guy. Can I tell you guys, I, I know I, I, I speak up here, and maybe you think that I'm an extrovert. I'm a huge in, introvert. Like I, if I go to a party and I don't know anybody, I'm the guy standing against the wall. And I hate, God will say, hey, go talk to this person. I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> I'm really comfortable right where I'm at right now. And usually I know that's the voice of God. It's because he's calling me out of my comfort zone. He's calling me to speak his peace, to speak his life to somebody else. Often God will speak to me about giving of myself, whether it's serving or giving money or, or just doing something that I don't want to do. I'm a selfish person. And God is often calling me out of my selfishness for somebody else. And he'll do the same thing for you. He speaks to you for a reason. A question we ask is, how do I know that this is actually God, right? I mean, I get this question all the time. How do I know that this is God? Like, maybe, maybe this is a devil. How do I know whether it's God or whether it's a devil? Here's what I will tell you. Satan will never tell you to share your faith. Satan will never tell you to give your resources. He will never tell you to walk in greater holiness. He, Satan will never tell you to make peace with someone, he will never tell you to say, I'm sorry, or I was wrong, or I love you. 
Obedience, love, and reconciliation are all voices of the Spirit. And you need to lean into when you hear that prompting. Now, for me, I've never heard an out loud voice from God. When I talk about hearing from God, I'm not talking about out loud voices. I'm talking about that someone after the first service said that her, her mother used to say, it's a knowing in your knower. I'd never heard that phrase before. I like that. It's a knowing in your knower. That there's just something, like, there's just something inside of me. It's not from me. It's calling me beyond myself. And, and I just know that it's God. And often I will tell myself, because there's, there's an internal battle that goes in my mind. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to do that. And maybe this really isn't God. And often I, what's the worst that would happen if I did this right now? Maybe this isn't God. Maybe God didn't really tell me to serve at Share and Care on Saturday. But what's the worst thing that could happen if I gave my time and did it? Right? Just a question. Here, here's, a third, here's a third point. So God's voice sounds like his word. God speaks to you for a reason. Number three, you got to turn down the noise. We live in such an incredible, this moment that we live in is so incredibly noisy. In fact, uh, I'm telling you, some of you, you don't even know how to do life in silence. Some of you, you got a TV on all the time, or you got Spotify on, or you got something going all the time. And I just want to speak to you, like, sometimes the reason why you can't hear God's voice is because there's just so much noise. If you're going to hear God's voice, you're going to have to turn some things off. You're going to have to do an audit and ask the question, what am I listening to? What, what am I listening to? Can I tell you, with all the media that is going on around us, there is a perspective behind every voice that you listen to. I don't care what news channel you watch. I don't care what YouTube person you listen to. I don't care who you follow on Instagram. There is a perspective. And you need to, at times, do an audit, just an objective audit, audit and just ask the question, like, what is a perspective? What's the paradigm that's going on here? Even within Christian circles, you know, there's a lot of prophets, there's a lot of teachers right now, and the, what they're communicating is self-oriented, fear-oriented, or power-oriented. I had someone, I, I want to be careful because this, this was literally yesterday, someone sent me a, um, a, an article written by a, a prophet, a Christian leader who considers themselves a prophet, and, and the whole thing was political, and as I read through it, I was just grieved in my heart that there wasn't one mention of Jesus, the whole thing was really about power. I was saying, this isn't, this isn't in alignment with the word of God. We have to, you have to ask, be, be so discerning in what you're listening to. Be so discerning in what you read. Is, is, this, is this really of God? Or is this of the world and the world system? You know, in my relationship with Carrie, there's some things that I, that I do when I really want to listen to her. You know, there's times where we just have the, we can just eyeball it. When you've been married, we'll be married 21 years this July. And there's just times where I just see her body language. It's like, okay, this is a conversation where we'll go in our bedroom, shut the door so the kids aren't around. And I put down my phone and we turn off any noise that's going on. And I just lean in for that moment and I just eyeball to eyeball. I'm, I'm listening to her. I'm, I'm repeating back to her what she's saying to me. I'm, it sounds like you're frustrated. It sounds like you're angry. Like, uh, you know, you're just, you're just trying to respond back. Why? Because I want her to know that I value her voice. I appreciate her. Here's the thing. In your relationship with God, your heavenly father wants to speak to you. Your good shepherd has something to say to you. Are you as active in listening to him as you are in listening to other voices? 
As your pastor, if I could wave a magic wand and cause like one thing to happen for you, this would be one of the things, probably one of the top three things that I would ask for God to do in every one of us is that we would be a people who would listen to his voice, that we would be a people who would radically and courageously obey his voice. So our memory verse is John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Would you say that again with me? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. One more time, if you're online, I want you to be really weird right now and say this out loud with everybody in this room. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Here's your homework this week. Intentionally listen. Find some space. Maybe you're a young mom and you got your kids like hanging on you 24-7. Find some time. Find a way. Lock yourself in the bathroom if you have to and just say, Holy Spirit, I just, this next minute is yours. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to turn on the fan for some white noise. I've done that in the bathroom before. I just, I just need a minute. And maybe it's just being quiet. Maybe God just wants to still your heart, but maybe God will speak to you in that moment. So on the other side of your memory verse, you'll see there's a prayer and it's really small font. I apologize. Some of you are gonna have to get out your special glasses for this one. This is a great prayer from the author Henry Blackaby, who has just a great uh, book, actually a number of resources now on, on hearing the voice of God. And he had this, this is a prayer, and I just wanna read this over you and over myself. Here's a prayer. God, continue to speak to me. Give me ears to hear, a heart to trust, and hands to act. Take away the temptation to carry out my plans and leave yours until later. Help me get on with your assignment the minute you give it. You know who I am better than I do myself. You know the adjustments I must make to you to carry out your assignment. Work in my life through your Holy Spirit. Create the image of Christ in me so that I have the character to fulfill your assignment. I want to hear your voice and obey your will. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Memorize the verse that's on the front. And then every day, I want you just to find a spot just to pray this prayer. If you can pray it out loud, that's even better. But for seven days, would you do that? Just work on memorizing the verse in the front. And then, and if you, if you can't read that on the back, email me and I'll send it to you an email and you can blow it up and make it really big, okay? I got you. So. But I, I wonder what would happen inside of us if this just became our heart toward God. God, I wanna hear your voice. You are the good shepherd. You are a praiseworthy shepherd. You lay down your life for me. Give me ears to hear your voice. Give me the courage to obey you no matter what. Would you bow your heads with me? I don't want to go forward in this service without giving you an opportunity. Maybe you never knew that about Jesus. Or maybe you've known that about Jesus, but you've just never responded. Like you knew that Jesus died on the cross. You know that he's done those things, but it's never clicked that he did it to take upon himself your punishment. That he did it so that you can have access to God, so that you can receive forgiveness of your sins and receive his grace. Maybe you're watching online and, and you've been a very religious person. You've, been a, you've, you've gone to church your whole life. You've been a good person, but you've never invited Jesus to sit in the throne of your life to call the shots and to lead your life and to be the Lord. If that's you with no one looking around and if you're watching online, maybe it's even just a message to us to let us know that you're doing this. Would you just raise your hand so that I can pray for you? 
If you're needing Jesus to come into your life to be your master and leader, yeah, I see your hand. Anybody else? Yeah, I see yours over there. Anybody else? After you've put up your hand, you can lower it. Yeah, I see your hand. That's awesome. Anyone else? Three of you so far. Yeah, I see your hand too. You can put it down. Four. Anybody else? Guys, that's awesome. (laughs) That's so awesome. Can I just ask all over this room, would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. He is the good shepherd. He is praiseworthy for laying down his life for me. Forgive me of my sins. Be the master of my life. Sit in the throne of my life. Thank you for loving me. Give me ears to hear so that I can do what you want. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, it's so cool. I love what God is doing. Would you do me this favor? If you raise your hand, there's several things. First of all, on your connection card, and if you're, if you're watching online, I forgot to mention, we have a virtual connection card right on our Church Center app, and uh, you could do that. But if, if you're here in person and you raised your hand, man, check the box at the bottom. It says, my next step. And one says, I'm starting a relationship with Jesus. Another says, I'm reaffirming my relationship with Jesus. If you would do us that favor as you leave, you can put your uh, cards in the red buckets at the back. But then here's the next thing I would ask you to do. We're gonna have some prayer partners available in the front. In fact, if you're a prayer partner, you can go ahead and come up right now. If you raise your hand, these prayer partners would love, 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 love. You will make their week. They would love to be able to pray with you and just to encourage you. And and we have a free gift as well that we wanna be able to give you to help you in following Jesus. So thank you for doing that. If you're watching online, you can text the word BELIEVE to 419-910-2799. And uh, man, if you text that word BELIEVE to us, we'll get right on it and, and, and we have some resources that we want to get to you as well online. But um, man, I'm just so grateful for what God is doing in your life. May you listen to the voice of your good shepherd. May you have the courage to obey him.